In the closing days of Jesus' life, what he did is he got along with his closest followers, his disciples, and what has come to be known as the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper, and communion, we call it today. And uh, one of the things that we know from the scriptures is that uh, we ought to remember what Jesus did for us on the cross, the sacrifice, and we do that when we take of the bread and we take of the cup. So maybe by now you've had a chance to gather together your bread, your crackers, your, your juice, and uh, I'd love it if you would participate with me. I once heard someone say this, and this has been a number of years ago, some people drink to forget, but as followers of Jesus, we drink to remember. We remember when we take of the cup what Jesus did for us. It is representative, this juice is representative of his shed blood, the, the bread that we're about to break and, and take you right there where you're watching this. It's representative of his body. And I want to just read scripture to you. Uh, this is the words of Paul out of his first letter to believers living in uh, Corinth. 1 Corinthians 11, chapter 11 says this, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let's take of the bread together. Verse 25, chapter 11. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So let's take of the cup together. Would you right now just join me and let's just thank Jesus. Let's give praise to Jesus. You know what, friends? The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there's no covering, there's no remission, there's no forgiveness of our sins. We know that without the mercy and grace of Jesus, we're in deep weeds and we're thankful. Would you just join me and let's take a moment before we get into the message to just give Jesus praise. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We thank you that you were obedient to the Father's will, that you came from heaven to earth to die on the cross for us. We thank you that you were willing to shed your blood. We thank you that you were willing to take all of our sins upon you, even though, that you, even though you were sinless, so that we could know forgiveness, so that we could know your grace. Jesus, we never want to take lightly what you did for us on the cross. We give you praise for that, and we remember that today as we take these elements representing your shed blood and your broken body. We give you praise and help us to never forget everything that you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a really important thing that we do when we take communion together. And thank you for joining me uh, in that if you were able to do so. Now we're starting a brand new series today and I'm hoping and I'm praying and I'm believing with you 
that this might be one of the most important series that you and I have ever been a part of, at least for quite some time. And we're calling this series, in fact, I want you to see the graphic on this. The guys, they did a great job for this. Uh, We're calling this series Identity Crises. Part one, today we'll get into this. We are in ambassadors. Uh, You and I are, are that. But I want you to hear what I'm about to say. Most of us, we know what we do, but we do not necessarily know who we are. Let me just say that again. Most of us, we know who, who, what we do, but we're not certain as to who we are. In fact, if you were trying to tell somebody who you are, if somebody was just trying to understand you, get to know you better, and they were to ask you a few questions, chances are you, like I would, would probably launch into what we do. You would transition. You probably wouldn't like come up with words as to who you are internally. You would probably transition quickly into what you do. Uh, you'd say, well, you know what I do? I, I'm a teacher. I'm a, I'm a business owner. I'm a medical professional. I, I'm a manager. I'm a, I'm a supervisor. I work in banking or finance. I, I'm in the insurance industry. I'm a, I'm a homemaker. I'm a student. I work in construction. Uh, most of us do that. I so quickly drift into that. You know, rather than talk about who I am, often I go to what do I do? do. Somebody were to, uh, you know, in fact, I often at the gym, somebody had come up to me and I've gotten to know them in a little bit and, and they will say, hey, by the way, what do you do? And um, generally my response is, what do you think I do? Because, you know, that's interesting to me for them to guess what I do and what I am and what my vocation, profession is. I like for them to guess before I tell them. So, you know, by now I know, and I quickly, like many of you, I'll transition into what I do week in and week out. And uh, this is what I know about me. I know that I am a pastor, and you know that about me. I know, and if you've been around me any time at all, you know that I'm also a pawpaw. I've got three grandkids. I've got another grandchild on the way. It's going to be here, little girl, in November. By the way, I thought that we were supposed to be uh, social distancing during this time. I need to remind my son and daughter-in-law of that. So I'm a pastor. I'm a, I'm a pawpaw. I'm a Georgia Bulldog fan. Please don't turn this off if you are under the persuasion of another team. Uh, I'm also 20-year football career in the NFL and on the verge of becoming a professional golfer. Well, maybe the last two are simply in my own imagination. But this is what we do. We often know what we do, but we don't know who we are as a follower of Jesus. That's why I'm so excited about this series. That's why I'm glad you're with me today. I'm glad you're a part of this message because you are going to learn about you. You're going to learn some things about you that you don't know during this series, these weeks that we're together. As a follower of Jesus, who are you really? Because you are a Christian, you ought to know who you are. As a Christian, uh, you know, in Christ, when we know who we are, then we know what to do. Let me just say that again. If you're a Christian, you're in Christ, you have a relationship with Jesus, you need to know who you are so that you will know what to do. In fact, let me just say this. If you're a Christian, I want you to hear me out. Don't just pause on this. I want you to hear me out. If you're a Christian, you are not normal. You are not ordinary. 
And you may look across the room at somebody who's told you you're not normal. You know, a lot of times people, you know, I've been a pastor for a long, long time, and I've had, I've had people that are not, you know, Christians yet say something like this. You know, I'm a little bit reluctant to become a Christian because I've met a lot of, I've met a lot of weird Christians in my time, and we all have. But let me just say this for clarification's sake. They were weird before they became a Christian. Becoming a Christian didn't make them weird. But you're not normal, and you're not ordinary. Let me tell you why. I wanted you to hear me out. You're not normal, and you're not ordinary for this reason. You have that same Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you that actually raised Jesus from the dead. Let me say that again. You are not normal because the same. This is what the Bible says. The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same Spirit that dwells on the inside of you. You are not normal. I'll give you another reason why. Because you are a cherished son or daughter of the Most High God. Do you hear what I said? You are not normal because you're a cherished son or daughter of a Most High God, and you are not normal because what is available to you as a Christian is the ability to use the name that is above. The Bible says every other name, and that is the name of Jesus. You are not normal if you are a Christian. Now, I I want you to read this verse with me. I'm trusting you're doing this. I can't hear you, but you know whether or not you are. Second Corinthians, this is Paul. Read it with me. And you see the highlighted phrase already. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He is a new creation. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Now, probably somebody in the room with you didn't read it out loud. So you say, read this with me this time. One more time. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, are you reading this? He is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And in part one of our series today, and I hope that you're going to be with me every single week of this series as we discover who we are, identity crises. Most of us are in an identity crisis because we don't really know who we are in Christ. And in part one of our series, you're about to discover this, that as a new creation in Christ, you have been given a heaven-sent assignment. That includes you. Are you a Christian? If you're a Christian... If you are a Christian, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. And as a new creature in Christ Jesus, you have been given a heaven-sent assignment. You are, you are not dismissed from that. You can't say, well, that's for somebody else. No, that's for you. You've been given a heaven-sent assignment. See, you are actually, according to the Scriptures, you are actually an ambassador, that's what we're going to talk about for the next few moments. You are an ambassador. Now, you may not know that about you yet, but that is who you are. And when you know who you are, which in this case you're an ambassador, then you will know what to do. Check this out. This is just two verses later. I want you to see it. Still Paul, obviously. Look at this verse right here. 2 Corinthians 5.19, the B part. God has committed to us what? What has God committed to us? I want you to say this with me. The message of reconciliation. God is committed to us. Read it with me again. The message of reconciliation. And maybe right now what you're doing is you're saying, all right, I want to get my mind around that. Uh, what does reconciliation even mean? 
reconciliation. It's a big word. It's a powerful eight-cylinder word that in the original language, which in this case is Greek, it actually means this, to restore to the divine. Reconciliation in the Greek simply means to restore to the, to the divine. In other words, to help people to be, follow me here, to help people to be in a right and a restored relationship with God. And that is the message that you have received. Listen, you as a Christian are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are an ambassador and ha- what has been entrusted to you is the message of reconciliation, that people can come into a right relationship with God, that people can be in a right, uh, restored relationship with God. Look at this next verse. It's the very next verse in this passage. This is verse 20. We are, therefore, it's what we're talking about today, Christ ambassadors. Look at this highlighted phrase again. We are, therefore, Christ ambassadors. That's who we are. If we're trying to understand who we are, not just what we do, but who we are, we are ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us, through you and through me. Now, I want you to be sure that you catch this, all right? There may be some distractions going on in the den, the living room, the kitchen, wherever you're watching this right now, but I don't want you to miss this. You are an ambassador, all right? You got that right? You are an ambassador, and let me carry that on out, sent from heaven to earth. That's who you are. That is who you are. See, we have an identity crisis. We know what we do. We, we know what we do professionally. We know those kind of things. But who are we in Christ as a new creation? We're an ambassador sent from heaven to earth. And here's a brief description of an ambassador. Let me just read it to you. It is the highest ranking diplomat sent as a representative from one country to another. Let me say that again so that you get it. It is the highest ranking diplomat sent as a representative from one country to another. For example, if I was a United States ambassador, let's say I was the ambassador to Japan, I would be sent from the United States as the highest ranking diplomat to represent the United States to Japan. Now, would Japan be my home? No, the United States would still be my home. I would be an ambassador. I would be a, a high-ranking diplomat sent to represent. Now, why do I say that, and why does that matter? I want you to get this now. As a Christian, this earth is not your home. It's not. As a Christian, this earth is not your home. We're only here temporarily. If you have 70, 80, 90, 100 years however long it is that you have on this earth. Can I just tell you, it is, it is zero by comparison with how long you and I are going to spend in eternity. You and I, this is not our home. We have been sent here as a representative, as a diplomat, as an ambassador of the one who is the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords, and that is Jesus. And as an ambassador of Christ, You were, and you got to be clear on this, this is part of understanding your identity as a new creation in Christ, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, as an ambassador of Christ, you were not selected by people, you were appointed by God. 
as an ambassador. This is not about you being selected by people. You have actually been appointed by God. Now, let me just say this. Because you and other people who know you may not feel that you're good enough. Most of us don't. Uh, You may feel like, you know what, Jeff? I am definitely unqualified. (laughs) You know, I'm a Christian, but I I don't know about this whole reality of being an ambassador, a representative of Jesus sent from heaven to earth with a message of reconciliation. Let me just say this. It is not what you think. It is not what I think. It is about what God thinks. And God says that you are an ambassador. And you may not feel that you're good enough. Most of the time, I feel that I'm not good enough to be his representative. You may feel like there's a lot more people better qualified than you are, and that, in fact, you are underqualified. But but again, that is not what God says about you. In fact, I want you to see this. This is out of John's gospel, this very important verse. Look at what Jesus said. Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Have you ever thought about that? You didn't choose Jesus. Jesus chose you and appointed you to go. You're his representative. You're his ambassador to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. It wasn't like you just said, hey, I'm choosing Jesus. Can I just tell you, long before you ever thought about choosing Jesus, Jesus chose you. And if you're a Christian, you're an ambassador, you are a representative, you have been sent from heaven to earth with a message of reconciliation. And I know what many of you may be thinking right now. Jeff, if you are talking about me, then let me just say, God has the wrong person. I know you may be thinking that way because most of us do. Most of us do. If you're talking about me, then obviously God has selected, God has chosen the wrong person. And and you may come up with a litany of reasons as to why you feel that way. You may say, well, you know, it it can't be me because I don't know the Bible that well. It, It can't be me. Nope. Sorry, you can't use that excuse. Well, it can't be me. I'm not like a super saint. I'm not like, you know, somebody that I just have this high, high respect, regard for. I'm not as good as a lot of other Christians. That's not an excuse. You may say, but you know what, Jeff? I've got problems. Join the crowd. So does everybody else I know. It's not whether or not we have problems. It's what problems do we have. You may say, most of the time, I'm a mess. I'm sorry. You can't even use that for an excuse. You may say, well, I've made all kind of mistakes. I have failed so many times. And you know what, friends? That's That may be what you feel, but that's not what God feels. You may take it a step further and say, well, how can God use somebody like me? I'm a student. I'm an electrician. I'm a truck driver. I'm a nurse. I'm a painter. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm a warehouse worker. That is not who God says you are. God says you are an ambassador. You are his representative sent from heaven to earth with a message of reconciliation that people can be brought into a right and restored relationship with God. That's who you are. That's who you are. If you're having identity crises and you don't know who you are, that's who you are. You are an ambassador. Some time ago in a book that I was reading, uh, I uh, held on to this one paragraph and I want to share it with you. I think it will encourage you in the same way that it did me. When Jesus called his first followers... When Jesus called his first followers, he recruited tax collectors, uneducated fishermen, and dangerous revolutionaries. Notice, this writer says, who Jesus did not call. Not one rabbi. 
nor any other formal religious establishment, nor any other person from the formal religious establishment of the day. When Jesus chose friends, he surrounded himself. Listen to this. It's true. When Jesus called, uh, called, uh, surrounded himself with uh, friends, he called the lonely and the broken and the overlooked. You see, friends, it seems as though Jesus is always calling unlikely people. That's, that's why you and I qualify. We're unlikely. I'm, I'm the most unlikely person in the world to be doing what I do. Do I deserve to be an ambassador to you? Absolutely not. Do we deserve, have we like earned the right to become his representative from heaven to earth with a message of reconciliation? Have we just like earned that? We've been good enough that we've achieved everything necessary to make that a reality? Absolutely not. It's, it's actually a gift from God. And God is always choosing unlikely people. Uh, I mentioned Paul just a, a couple of moments ago, and uh, I'll only take a moment to share this, but if you're not familiar with the story of Paul, you need to become familiar with the story of Paul. By the way, the Bible is the most fascinating book I've ever read. I've read probably close to 500 books now. Nothing like the Bible. It's my favorite book of all. The only book that God ever wrote, by the way. And the story of Paul is amazing. He's the least likely person to be used by God. And here he is, he's, he's gone about and, and uh, you know, he is persecuting a Christian church. He's actually killing Christians. He's not only content to do it in the town, the region where he lived, he's going to other places to hunt down Christians, put them in prison, have them killed. That's who, Paul is the least likely person ever to be used by God. One day he's on one of these trips to go and persecute Christians. He's actually on, the Bible talks about the road to Damascus. And I hope you'll go back and read about that. He's on the road to Damascus, blinding light. He falls, he can't see, and there's a voice from heaven. And Jesus asks him some questions. Now, uh, Paul comes, and you have to read it. I'll, I'll be quick here. But, but Paul comes to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and he becomes a Christian. The very church that he you know, it's persecuted, he becomes a part of. The very message he has scorned, he becomes a carrier of that message. And so he's just like blinded by this flashing light, and he doesn't know where to go, what to do, what's his next step. And so God has a message for Ananias. Ananias is to take God's message to, you know, it's not Paul at that time, it's it's Saul of Tarsus, not the Apostle Paul, it's Saul of Tarsus. But Ananias is reluctant to do so because who is Saul? He's this guy that's been killing Christians. Who is Ananias? He's a follower of Jesus. He thinks it's a setup. He thinks it's a trap. But then I want you to look at this verse right up here on the screen. This is a very, very important verse. This is in the book of Acts. But the Lord said, this is what he says to Ananias, Go, for Saul or Paul is my chosen instrument. He's my chosen instrument. He's going to be my ambassador. He's going to be my representative, and he's going to take my message to who? Look at this phrase right here, to the Gentiles. He's going to take my message to the Gentiles. Paul was a chosen instrument, highly unlikely. Of all the people that could have been used by God to become an ambassador, God chooses unlikely people like Paul, like you, like me. But he was a chosen instrument, an ambassador sent to the Gentiles. Now, I want to just ask you a question. Who is God sending you to? 
you, as a new creation in Christ, you are an ambassador. You're the highest ranking diplomat. God is sending you to a particular group of people, our peoples. And who's the group of people? For Paul, he was sent as an ambassador to Gentiles. Who is God sending you to? Maybe it's some people in your family. Maybe it's some people that you pray for. I've got people in my family I am praying for all the time. Maybe it's people in your family, and God is saying, well, you know what? You need to do more than praying. Praying is important, all right? Praying is very important, but you need to do more than that. You need to talk to them. You need to talk to them. You need to move closer to them. You need to hear their heart. You need to love them more. You need to listen to them more, and you need to give to them my message of reconciliation, how that they can be a, in a right and restored. Maybe that is who God is sending you to, not just them only, but members of your family. Maybe it's friends that are far from God, and, and they're great friends, and you love them, and they love you, and you hang out with them, but they don't know Jesus. They're not ready for eternity. They're not ready for heaven. Guess what? God most likely has sent you as a Christian as an ambassador to them. Maybe he sent you as an ambassador, a messenger, a representative to your boss to talk to your boss about Jesus. Well, I could never talk to my boss of all people about Jesus. Yes, you can. Co-workers, neighbors, teammates, people that are in need, people that are hurting, people in businesses that you go to, restaurants and stores and dry cleaners, wherever. Who is, who is the group of people that God is sending you to? So here's a thought, another thought from scriptures, we talked about, first of all, you were not called by people. You didn't call yourself, but you've been chosen and appointed by God additionally. And we'll cover this really, really quickly. As an ambassador of Christ, you do not represent you. You represent Jesus. Let me say that again. That's true for me. You, as an ambassador of Jesus, you do not represent you. You represent Jesus. See, all of us have our own ideas, right? All of us have our own opinions. You know anybody that's got an opinion? Are they seated somewhere near you? We all have ideas. We all, I've got a lot of opinions. We all have an agenda, but our message, what we're talking about right here, our message is not our message. Our message is actually God's message because it flows out of the very heart and the purpose and the will of God. See, even Jesus submitted himself. Think about this. Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, even submitted himself to the Father's will. I want you to see this. This is back in John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 38. This is Jesus. He said, for I came down from heaven, the ultimate ambassador, when you think about it, for I came down from heaven not to do my will, but to do what? The will of him who sent me, who sent Jesus, his Father in heaven. God did. And when you and I align ourselves with the purpose and the will of God, then we will go out in the power and the authority of God. I want you to hear that again. That is true for your life. Don't be looking around saying, he can't be talking about me. Yes, I'm talking about you because the scriptures talk about you. You are a new creation in Christ. You are an ambassador. You're a representative of Jesus. You have been sent from heaven to earth with a message of reconciliation that people can be in a right and restored relationship with God. And when we align ourselves with the purpose of God and the will of God, we will go out in the power and the authority of God. Please listen, friends. As an ambassador of Jesus, which, you, which is what you are if you're a Christian, you will never be given an assignment without being equipped to fulfill your responsibility. I want to say that again. As a Christian, 
You're an ambassador. And you will never be sent on an assignment. You'll never be entrusted with an assignment without being equipped to fulfill your responsibility. Back to Paul for just a moment as we get ready to wrap this up. If you had looked at his life, he would have been like the least likely person ever to be used by God. But I want you to check out what he said. Who would have thought that Paul would have become an ambassador? But I want you to look at what he later says. He said, I may seem to be boasting too much about the authority given to us by the Lord, but our authority builds you up. It doesn't tear you down. So I will not be ashamed of using my authority. Who are you? You are an ambassador. You've been entrusted with a message. And God is sending you to somebody to share this message of reconciliation. Who, you, who are you? Don't forget this. You're an ambassador of Jesus. You've been sent from heaven to earth to represent Jesus in this world. You are called. You didn't choose this. Nobody else. It's not like somebody else elected you to do this. God chose you. He called you and he empowered you. But who is Jesus sending you to? Now that's a big question. Maybe it's to some of the people that you uh, know at the gym where you go. Maybe it's some people in your workplace. Maybe if it's a group of golf buddies that you see once, twice, maybe weekly, once, twice a month, maybe weekly. Maybe, maybe it's people at the school where you go. Maybe it's people that you've got to know at restaurants that you, you go by. Maybe it's somebody at the coffee shop. And I want you to think about some of those people right now. And I want you to start praying for them. If you know their name, maybe you would start writing their name down and praying about them. But I don't want you to just stop at praying. Praying is important, as I said earlier. But I want you to understand that God has sent you as an ambassador to them. God is sending you. Now, let me just say this before I pray. If you are not yet a follower of Jesus, I want you to know that over 2,000 years ago, God sent the ultimate ambassador. He sent his son, his only son, Jesus, from heaven to earth to die on a cross for you and for me. Now, why was Jesus willing to do that? Because Jesus loves you and Jesus wants to forgive you and Jesus wants to give you a brand new beginning. So if you're not a Christian yet, I want you to join me in this prayer and you mean it in your heart and you mean it in your mind and Jesus will come into your life. See, I don't think that you're watching this by accident. I really don't. I think if you're not a Christian yet and you stay this long, first of all, thank you for doing that. But I think it's bigger than that. I think it's because God's chosen you. And now is the time. Don't put it off. Maybe you've been saying, well, you know, I've been, I've been doing some good things. I've been a better person than I have. Yeah, just carry that on out and just say, you know what? I'm not just thinking about Jesus more. I'm not just reading the Bible a little bit here and there. Now is the time for me to step over the line of faith and give my heart to Jesus. And you can do that right now. Just pray in your heart, your mind. You can pray it silently. Dear Jesus, come into my life. I know that you love me. I know, God, that you sent Jesus into the world to die on the cross for me so that my sins can be forgiven and I can get a brand new start. Come into my life. I need you. I don't even understand right yet all that that means, but I sense as never before, Jesus, I need you into my life. I need you in my life. Come into my life today. 
And with your help, because I can't do it by myself, I will follow you. I'll be your disciple for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I just say, if you prayed that prayer, would you let me know? Would you respond to us? I'd love to know that you prayed and received Jesus. And if you're a Christian, I hope that you're saying you're going out with a new identity, that you're not going to be in identity crises anymore. You're going to say, I'm an ambassador. I'm not here by accident. I've been sent from heaven to earth with a message. And you'll tell other people about Jesus. Let me just say, you don't want to miss next week. I promise it's going to be so helpful to you. Be back next week for part two of this series, Identity Crises. I love you, everybody. Have a great week. I'll see you next Sunday.